I've got cancer, but I'm part of a clinical trial that could lead to new breakthroughs. I've got cancer, but I've also got researchers working together to find a cure. If you or a loved one has cancer, you need New Jersey's only comprehensive cancer center designated by the National Cancer Institute. I've got cancer, but I've also got hope. Learn more at rwjbh.org slash beatcancer. RWJ Barnabas Health and Rutgers Cancer Institute of New Jersey. Let's beat cancer together. RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey's largest academic health care system and official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Let's be healthy together. Learn more at rwjbh.org. Speak of the Devils is supported by Riverside Oral Surgery, official partner of the New Jersey Devils. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to another edition of Speak of the Devils, presented by our good friends at RWJ Barnabas Health. Joined by my good friend and colleague, Amanda Stein. How are you today, Amanda? I'm good, Maddie. Nice to be back with you. It is nice to be joined once again as we welcome Andrew Hammond to our podcast. Andrew, it's great for you to carve out some time for us, and we'll get a chance to know you a little bit more. First off, I got to say, born on February 11th. I'm born on February 11th. We're separated by a full year. Well, more than a full year. But anyway, <laughs> Jeez, we're, Maddie. We're fell- <laughs> we're, I'm trying to stay young, Amanda. You know how that works. But a fellow Aquarian, so welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. There we go. Yeah, you're a few years younger than I am, of course. But tell us a little bit about this path that you've taken to get to the NHL. We'll touch upon coming to the Devils in a moment. But, you know, you're a Western Canada guy born in born in British Columbia. Was it a typical Canadian upbringing from the standpoint that hockey was not one or their own sports or other endeavors? But then hockey separated itself. Well, the only other sport I really played growing up was baseball. As far as from a competitive standpoint, I kind of played all the sports. Um, but hockey for me, it was kind of, I mean, I'm the first person in my family that's really played hockey. And for a Canadian family, that's kind of unusual. And I'm the youngest of three kids. So um, that was kind of my parents' first endeavor into the being the hockey parent. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, at the start, I think it was more or less, I just played for fun to hang out with my friends. and. Um, I never made AAA until my first year midget. And that's when I kind of started taking it more serious and kind of bounced around, uh, the British Columbia junior leagues a little bit and ended up going to Vernon, the Vernon Vipers and the BCHL and never won the national championship my last year there. And then, uh, I kind of parlayed that into a scholarship with Bowling Green and spent four of the best years of my life there playing college hockey in the States. Um, and then since then. It's kind of just been uh, working my way around uh, between the American Hockey League and the NHL. Oh, if I read it correctly, though, those first couple of years as you're making your way to organized hockey as a youth, uh, there were some roadblocks. And at some point you thought, "Eh, maybe this isn't for me. Is that accurate? Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, once I made AAA, I started thinking that that junior hockey was something I wanted to do. But after I graduated high school, it was... um, something I think a lot of young people think they think that they need to have their career chosen right out of high school and know what they want to do with their life. And for me, I didn't necessarily know, but I also felt like if I continued to chase this hockey thing and didn't end up with a scholarship or playing college hockey, um, maybe, I mean, this sounds extreme, but maybe a little bit of a failure type thing. Um, so I was worried about that. And so when I was 18, I made my first BCHL team, but didn't get off to a great start. And, um, ended up quitting and enrolling in uh, college that 
January to try and get started on that next step of life. And I was planning on just going to university when I got a call from one of my old coaches and decided to, because I had already missed the enrollment date, um, that I'd at least see it through and play a little bit more and got a call to play for my hometown junior 18 that I used to go to all their games and it just seemed like the perfect fit. And, um, in hindsight, it was a perfect fit to get me back playing, but wasn't necessarily the best fit from a hockey perspective and got traded that Christmas, but, um, that trade was the best thing that happened to me going to Vernon and, um, we had a great team. As I said, we had a lot of success in the postseason, And, um, I think that's really what I owe, uh, most of the credit for as far as where I've uh, been able to take my hockey career after college. What is it like when, you know, you get traded for that first time at that level? Like, what was that like for you? You're saying, you know, it was probably the best thing that happened, but when you're uncertain, you're not really sure what your future is and where your career path is going to go, whether it's hockey or not. What was that kind of like? Well, earlier in that season, you start talking to U.S. colleges and you start understanding that there's a possibility, but um, the team I was on at the time, we weren't having a ton of success and they had brought in another goalie and um, he was playing better at the time. And I viewed it as um, a situation where at that, I guess my second or last year of junior eligibility that I had to go play somewhere where I'd get to play games. And fortunately for me, um, they kind of agreed and it allowed me to just play a lot more games and get more exposure to more colleges. And um, I guess more or less kind of the, the rest is history, but um, it's difficult getting traded. And especially when you're kind of living at home and everything, that was a big change. And um, the team I went to, they made it about as easy as possible. And um, yeah, it ended up being one of the best things for me. From someone who, as you mentioned, like didn't really come from a hockey family, how do you land as the goaltender, is that just amongst your friends? You know, you said you want to just play with your friends. Is that where you, you ended up being just in net? Like, how did that come about as your position? Um, well, like growing up in Vancouver, I was a Canucks fan early on. And um, I'd say my family were, were hockey fans, but they weren't, um, I mean, if it was on TV, they'd watch it. Um, but I think once I started getting exposed to it, um, I mean, I remember going to the grocery store and begging for Canucks coins, black <laughs> players' faces. So, I mean, I was a, a hockey nut through and through growing up. And as far as being a goalie, I think it has to do with I was just the youngest in my family and kind of youngest on my street. So, um, normally it seems like that's play, what happens. Like whenever you talk yeah. to a goalie, you're like, yeah, I was the youngest person there. So they threw me in. Yeah. And that's kind of how it started. And, um, I guess as you start in minor hockey, I kind of give everyone the opportunity to play in net. And fortunately for me, the association I was playing with, um, they had a program in place where they rent uh, goalie gear to players. And so your parents wouldn't have to pay for it. And early on, I would kind of rotate between player and goalie. I didn't know which I really liked more. And I think it was probably around age 12, 13, when the, that's kind of the age that you kind of grow to that program. And you got to decide what you're, if you're a goalie or not, and you got to pay for your own gear. And I think that was the time my parents kind of said you got to make a decision here we're not buying both and um I chose chose being a goalie and they wondered where did we go wrong decided to be a goalie that's the hardest position in hockey oh my goodness gracious but what it's what made you make that choice and I'm kidding of um, course but we know how difficult yeah. it is you know what I think part of it is um I just have always um enjoyed the moment of, of making a big save. And, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you're the last line of defense. 
you're the guy that covers up everyone else's mistakes and something in me, I guess I, I, I enjoy covering for people or kind of helping out on that end. And, um, if I'm being perfectly honest, I was probably a little bit better goalie than, than player. And that might've had something to do with it. But, um, <laughs> as far as my parents, I think they, they may have been upset at the time when I made that decision, but, um, I still remember when they bought my first set of goalie pads. Um, I slept with them on my legs that night. And I remember I woke up at about 2 AM and I couldn't feel my feet or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think as a, as a parent now myself, you kind of understand that um, some things are, are worth whatever they cost for your kids. And fortunately for me, my, my parents were willing to do that. Oh, the sacrifices that uh, we as parents make uh, and, and do so willingly. And I was somewhat joking, but, you know, uh, goalies are under so much pressure. And I know it's like you, know, you can blend in if you're a skater, but you can't if you're a goalie. And that's why I was joking about the parents' reaction. Who were some of the Vancouver goalies that you followed growing up? Was there an idol? So the first one that really sticks out to me, who I think kind of created my my passion for the position, was Kirk McLean. Um, I was five or six when they made the 94 Cup Finals against the Rangers. And there's some of the plays along that playoff run I remember like yesterday. And I think that was kind of – I guess the peak of my hockey fandom. Um, he was the guy that kind of propelled them through uh, the playoffs and got them all the way to the cup final. And he was kind of the first guy that I kind of, I guess, helped, helped me fall in love with the position. Uh, you know, just when you, when you look on where your career has gone, I mean, what has kept you going, right? Because you've had, you know, the ups and downs, you've played in the NHL, you've played in the AHL. And I imagine that that takes a certain amount of like internal fortitude, even though like you love the game and you're, you know, it's a job and you're getting paid to do it. Have there ever been moments where you're not sure where you're going, like in terms of your career, but what has kept you going this whole time that here at 35, think you you're 35 ish. Um, you're, you're here in New Jersey now. <laughs> yeah. Um, 34 now, but <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Now that, now that, now that I'm getting up there though, you gotta, you gotta take advantage of, of the younger, younger ages. So, um, totally fair. I would do the same. <laughs> as, as far as what's kind of kept me going, it's, it's a good question. I mean, um, has there been times where I've wondered if this is what I should keep doing? I'd be lying if I said no, but when I look back at it, I don't think that's anything that's hockey related. It may have been injury related or something. And, right. Um, I mean, five years ago, um, kind of fresh off my first kind of regular stint in the NHL, I had hip surgery and that's a, a tough surgery to come back from. And um, I think you kind of ask yourself sometimes, you know what, it, would you be happy if, if this was it? And, I think if you would have asked 12-year-old Andrew that question, he'd probably say, yeah. But once you kind of experience what this league is and what it's about and how special it is firsthand, um, I think you have a little bit different perspective. And for me, I think that's kind of um, what's kept me going. And the other part, too, is I think every time I've gotten a chance in this league, I've been able to play well. And um, it kind of goes back to um, part of me kind of likes – proving people wrong to an extent and as maybe as cliche or odd as that sounds, but um, I take pride in it and um, I'd like to play as long as I can. And um, I'm just grateful that I've kind of gotten the opportunity again this year and obviously getting out the devils and um, it's something I just want to make the most of. And 
when the last few years when I haven't necessarily gotten that opportunity, I think what's kind of kept me going is um, the hockey world's so special, whether it be equipment staff, training staff, the players on your team, the camaraderie in a room is something that um, I'm pretty sure you can't re recreate outside of here. And um, I think those relationships you're able to create are kind of, uh, that's probably the biggest thing that, that kept me going. And then um, this year, now, now that I've had kind of a taste of it again, um, I think I kind of have uh, lit that fire inside myself again to um, keep playing and, and keep trying to, to play at this level and uh, keep trying to just play at the best of my ability. How much did it mean to you to get that opportunity in Montreal? It meant a lot. Um, it was pretty special. I mean, it had been a long time. Uh, you, you have doubts, all that. Um, and to be honest, I think it's funny. Like you, you go back to the first time you kind of make your first start in the league and <laughs> it had been three, four years or whatever. And since that last time I played in, in Colorado in the playoffs and um, felt like riding a bike, it, it really did. It felt like Love that. <laughs> the same thing. And um, it, 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 honestly, it just felt kind of like, you know what, you're back where you belong kind of thing. And maybe that's a mentality that you need to have to have success, but, um, that's kind of the way I've approached it. And, um, really that's the only way I know how to do it. You, you mentioned that when you've been given the opportunity, you've had success, the record is 30, 15 and six. It's a heck of a winning percentage. The goals against 2.31, the save percentage, 923. So I'm wondering, as you look back on it, you referenced the injuries as being part of uh, the reason and a factor. But ha did you ever say to yourself, why why am I not getting that opportunity? Because you did spend a long time playing in the American Hockey League before you got this most recent opportunity, first with Montreal. And shortly, we hope we will see you on the ice with the Devils. Yeah, well, being perfectly honest, um, I haven't had the greatest success in the American Hockey League. It's I've talked with other people too. It's it's really two different leagues. Um, I think my strengths as a goaltender, um, I think they're they're more visible in, in this in this league, the NHL, than perhaps the American Hockey League, where it's um, I know a few other people use this word too. It's a little bit more chaotic, um, a few more broken plays, and I think this one. If you're able to read the play, um, you can have success. And I've always thought that that's one of my biggest strengths. And um, at the end of the day, I think it, I think it's a big kind of um, miscon misconception almost that um, until you play in the NHL, you're not really trusted kind of as a goalie. And there's so many good goaltenders in that league that don't necessarily get the chance. And that's part of the reason why I think I'm, I'm so grateful to get another opportunity here to, to play because there's so many good goalies in that league who just haven't gotten that chance. And here you are getting another chance, which is certainly a blessing. Speaking of blessings, your nickname's the Hamburglar. It started back, uh, an offshoot of that started back in college. Uh, is that a blessing? Did it become a curse at some point? How do you view that publicity the reason, of course, was brilliant. It went 21 and two, but as it stayed with you, how do you view that nickname? Um, I enjoy it. I mean, I've got many different nicknames. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can we share some of them or uh, we just no, will leave that for another like podcast? Hammy, hammer. <laughs> I feel like the hamburglar is like the fan one, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even in the locker room, I mean, it, it basically gets abbreviated down to burglar or something like that. So, um, <laughs> it's obviously brought a lot of not- notoriety. Um, I don't know if that helps with the nickname is, is the reason why kind of everyone really looks at that run or if it's more or less, um, just because of what happened along it. Um, but I, I have no issues with it. I think it's funny myself, never in my wildest dreams would I've ever thought that people would latch onto that the way they do. If I had a regret about it, it would probably be, um, my first year kind of welcome to the NHL moment when you get asked to sign autographs and you have to write out every letter of the Hamburglar. (laughs) The biggest downside. Um, But outside of that, no, I have no issues with it. Take me through that run a little bit. And I know you're probably asked about it all the time, but I have the perspective is that I was a Habs fan at the time. I'm from Montreal. So it is very distinctly in my memory, you know, being at every game and and watching what you were doing. what did it feel like to ride that, what I would imagine was a pretty big high? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it was, uh, it was a lot of hard work. I think beforehand that kind of set me up to have success. Um, I was with Ottawa kind of in a backup role for probably three weeks before I, I got that first game because of, um, I actually went in relief and against Carolina at home and, and that third period didn't go well. Um, but I think it kind of set me up to more or less just trust my game. Cause that first, I mean, the, the third period of the first game I went in, it was more or less, I was trying to be a goalie that that isn't really me. Um, <laughs> Fair, yeah, it's a good lesson. Yeah. And, and then the next game I, I just tried being myself and beat Montreal had got off to a good start. And, um, it wasn't really until probably the fourth or fifth game, I forget exactly when, but we played Buffalo and I didn't really feel my best, but we ended up winning, I think, 3-2, and that was kind of a lesson to me that, you know what, if you do the right things, even if you're not feeling great, you can still have success in this league, and I think that gave me a lot of confidence, and I was just able to kind of parlay that, and um, more or less, I just, I mean, it was more or less just confidence building throughout each game, and um, the longer it went, obviously, I believed in myself more and um, kept thinking we were going to get it done, and we didn't really know until probably – the last week of the season that we had a real chance of getting into the playoffs that year. And I mean, we had won, I think 18 or 19 already. All we had to do was win two more games and we were in. So um, what once seemed like a insurmountable mountain uh, soon became a small little, uh, I guess, hill to climb at that point. See, you you stayed focused like a goalie sharp. There was a little, there's little a little distraction in the background, <laughs> but man, you just nailed the answer. It was, we're laser-like in your response there. So we appreciate yeah, that. Around here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you mentioned uh, sacrifices that parents make. You yourself are a parent now. Uh, what what has parenthood meant to Andrew Hammond and how has it changed you? I think the biggest thing is I think earlier in my career, when you would have a bad game, you would wear it all the time. You'd come home. The rest of the night was kind of a write-off. The next day might be, you're just mad. Uh, I don't have time for that anymore. It's It doesn't matter if it's you lose 5 nothing or you win 
three nothing and you get a shutout. The kids don't really care. <laughs> they just want to play. And um, I think that's been great. And I think it, the how long these seasons are and how draining they can be to have kind of something that you can kind of have as a release from it at times, I think is the best part about it. How old are you? you have two how boys, old, correct? That, yeah. <laughs> yep. Two boys, Cal and Carson. Cal actually turns uh, six in two weeks, and then Carson is just turned two. So for your oldest, I'm sure he can experience watching you play in the NHL, maybe a little differently than the two-year-old can. And I'm wondering as a dad who has been through a lot before your kids arrived, what, what is that like for you to be able to share that in a different way with your son? Oh, it's, it's great. I mean, um, you asked me kind of earlier before what kind of kept me going. And I think, um, that was maybe something I left out, but being able to have moments like this where um, it's not just something that they're going to have to look up on YouTube in a few years or something that, yeah, I really did do that to have them <laughs> be able to experience it firsthand, I think is great. And um, the oldest, it's, it's funny. He's, he, he plays hockey, but he's not really the biggest hockey fan. Okay. <laughs> the youngest though, we rarely are able to get him out of the house without giving him a mini stick. So he is hockey obsessed. Um, I mean, when I was playing in Montreal and my wife's watching on TV and everything, there's lots of videos of him just jumping at the screen and pointing and yelling daddy and all that stuff. So he seems to have caught in the hockey bug already, but, um, yeah, it's, it's honestly, that's one of the, the more special parts about this is to be able to have little videos like that and be able to share things with them, um, in this league. And your wife is expecting another child in the summer, uh, a daughter. So I cannot talk to having a daughter. I am the father of three boys, but I can say this. You are going from a man-to-man -man situation to zone. And yeah. it's a big difference. So I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my the last month and a bit, my wife's been getting good uh, – Good practice here with the zone defense type thing but yeah it'll be a little bit of an awakening for me but no we're really excited so um it'll be nice to have a girl we got obviously two boys and it'll be a nice change of pace as much as we love them yeah your wife is playing two against one so she is getting used to that to that zone defense so your wife's name is marley she's active on social media uh, frankly, I wouldn't have known that until you joined the team and then you kind of get caught up in following those who she's great. are involved. She's oh, she's great. unbelievable. <laughs> she <laughs> I love how when, uh, when you got traded, she's like she got scooped on her first day of being an insider. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> it's funny too because James Duffy, I don't even yep. know how it started yesterday. Yesterday, James Duffy said that she's already booked for Trade Center next year. And <laughs> I told her if if that's the case, that I I can't wait to be the Frank Cervelli and scoop in the day before and tweet out all of her jokes that she has. prepared. <laughs> That's really funny. That is really, really good. That's very good. Oh, that trade center coverage in Canada. <laughs> Where did you two meet? We met, um, we met our first year in college, Canadian studies class. Um, obviously an elective for me. I was going to say Canadian <laughs> studies in an American school. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, wow. What a, what a compound. <laughs> yeah. So, um, first day, um, 
it's kind of more or less just kind of a quiz. What do you know about Canada? A lot of it was slang terms like Chesterfield. What's a Chesterfield? And you had to explain all that stuff. Um, she had not, she didn't have a clue. Um, and just happened to be sitting in front of me and me and another guy on my team were both Canadian and just kind of started talking over that, I guess, assignment. And, um, I guess the rest is history now. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And so as the, uh, only non-Canadian in this, uh, trio, uh, what is a Chesterfield? <laughs> it's just like a, a sofa. It's yeah. literally just a yeah. sofa. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. We just complicate it. Yeah. No. Well, how did it, like, how did, how did that name come about? Was, it must be. Look, Andrew's the one who studied the Canadian history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining it was a manufacturer at some point. That's just a guess. Your guess is as good as mine. Cause I have no idea how that became something, but uh, I have to ask though, like when you were like looking at your courses, we were like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a good one. I can do like, <laughs> like, I mean, how do you just like decide? And I didn't even know that that was a course somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even my, my wife is actually a Canadian studies minor as well. So really, <laughs> I didn't know that was something that you could minor in, but um, basically you have a, there's certain categories that you have to pick electives from your first year. And, that was one of them. And, um, I don't even remember what the other options were, but fit well into my schedule and felt like it would be an easy A. So, uh, let's get right to the, let's get right to the crux of the matter. You saw an easy three credits to <laughs> Listen, I would have done the same thing. I studied French for three years in high, four years in high school. I went to college, took French on a basic level because I wanted a good grade. That's what happens. I love it. That's a good strategy, by the way. Well, well it even gets better too because I ended up man or majoring in sports management, so I felt like that. Was- yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love there that. we go. Oh boy! <laughs> so as we record this, and, and and we'll just have a few more here. As as we record this, you've not yet made your Devils debut. What? What are you anticipating? I mean, this is not new. You, you made your, your return to the league earlier this year with the Canadiens. We're getting up against the end of the season. What makes this different, or is it different at all uh, with the Devils versus just getting back to the league as you did with Montreal? Um, I think the best way to describe it would be it's it's different but the same. Um, every team kind of plays a little bit different defensively. There's different systems that you have to pick up and figure out where maybe um, – people may be more prone to be open or something, but as a goalie, it doesn't change a ton. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm just going to try and play my game. And as I guess, cliche as that sounds, it's the reality. It's uh, what before, right? it's and, um, honestly, I don't know any, any different. I mean, I, I think, do you, do you sense like, um, how do I put this? Obviously, goaltending has been an issue for New Jersey this year. They've gone through a lot of goaltenders. When you do play, it'll be a record for the franchise, and you'll be the seventh goaltender this year. When you go into a situation like that, and then you learn about what the team had been going through, do you feel an added sense of pressure? I mean, I know you said that it's just sort of what it is, but it is an area that has been such a struggle for the team this year. Um. I mean, I think it's fair to ask the question. I think from my experience, it's something that um, 
you know, I think you hear a lot of people use the term kind of outside noise. And yeah, I mean, I've only been here for, I don't even know, a week and a half now. Um, I didn't, if I'm being honest, I didn't follow the team a ton before here in Canada. It's, it's hard. Yeah. A lot. So I'm learning as I go here. Um, but for me, it's, I understand why I was brought in here and it's to do a job and um, everything else outside of that. I'm not really going to worry about the the past or the future too much. It's more or less what I'm doing today to help the team out. And I think that's really all you can kind of do. And if you start looking too far forward or too far behind you, it, that's yeah. when you start getting in trouble and um, it just creates more issues. Well, we wish you the very best of luck when that Devil's debut takes place, hopefully sooner rather than later. And uh, it is the dawning of the age of Aquarius in New Jersey, perhaps. And uh, so, Andrew Hammond, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Amanda, that was a delight to get to know Andrew Hammond in the way that we did. Uh, you know, we've seen him from afar. We know his story. We barely scratch the surface and getting know. to know him as a New Jersey devil, but uh, what an engaging personality. I love, yeah, a real personality. That's, that's a nice thing, you know, especially for what we do when we're on the podcast. Sometimes you never know when it's a new person, you don't have that type of relationship with them yet. Right. Like a lot of times when we do these zooms, we already have a relationship with someone. So you don't know how it's going to go, but the, he's a great talker engaging. And I'm still like, I'm still stuck on the fact that, the Canadian took a Canadian studies course in school. And I know it is the right thing it to just do. It shows how bright he is. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. <laughs> and we should have mentioned to, uh, to him and to get the reaction. Did his wife know originally that she was sitting near two Canadians so that she could get help? As like, hey, American hey, what's a Chesterfield? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I well, love anyway, that. Amanda. I'm going to go out and get my Can-Am dictionary and look up some new words and see uh, see what I can find. That's I was going to say, I expect you to use them on the next podcast together. <laughs> exactly. It was a joy spending time with you. Thanks so much. Great to spend time with you. You always love chatting with you, Maddie. And on that note, we'll wrap things up. Special thanks to our producer, Andrew McLean. Thank you, our audience, for joining us. It's always very much appreciated. Until next time, for all of us on Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, I'm Matt Lachlan saying stay safe, be well, see you next time, and I'm going to lie down on Chesterfield. Bye-bye, everyone.